King of Beans. This morning it was, alack, everything that the world had once again neglected to end. <laughs> now outside was tar black. I heard the hoarse cries of the costermongers and the flower sellers in the street market beneath my window. And so, sighing, I arose, lit a candle, said my prayers, and prepared for another day of thankless toil. Every day I'm compelled to go into the streets to warn of the coming doom. This is not a job, but a calling. And thus, unlike the Lord, I do not rest. Not even on the Sabbath. I'm not impatient of the last days as such. I only long for the rapture, that I may see my beloved Sarah again. Took by the plague five summers back. And Curio, of course. Moreover, when the, when the end eventually comes, fiery and screaming... I shall no longer daily have to tell sceptical, indifferent Londoners that it is nigh. The worst is that they do not listen to me, my flock. Oh, they linger a minute in lazy curiosity, dawdling over meat pies, inspecting the fish flapping in the mongers' buckets to hear what the new doom the madman is peddling today. But they do not listen to me. Fools! Witless janglers, heedless, hellbound, helpless creatures, dumb as slaughterhouse sheep. Why do you not listen? Brethren, sistren, I cry unheeded. Wilt thou not hark to thine own future, thine own fate? Standing upon my little stool, my only faithful companion now that Curio, my brown mastiff, has been gathered to Christ's bosom. Well, I'm lifted above the market day crowd, adrift on a scene of what is pleased to call itself humanity. The thinning pates and tired, unshaven faces of the men. The whorishly bright coifs and headscarves of the woman. I survey them imperiously, yet with a benevolent eye, as a king might his teeming peoples. Yet they do not even look at me. Hour after hour, the word of God issues in, an, in a swift, unbroken stream from my lips to fall on them like heavenly manna. And they shrug it off, pass it by, let it drop unheeded in the gutter. Oh, fatal arrogance of sinners. Oh, complacency of Sodom and Gomorrah. When the Lord looks on London to find one man, just one man, myself accepted, he will seek, alas, in to them, I am an idle amusement, a strange, silly fellow ranting destruction in the midst of bustling Cheapside, easily dismissed, easily ignored. When on occasion some do take notice of me, it is only to jeer me for a deluded fool. The sore of their ingratitude festers in my heart, and yet when soon their smirking scoffers are burned to ash when the brimstone fog oozes over the cobbles of Friday Street and up into their brutish nostrils and stings their blind, laughing eyes. I will not rejoice. I will weep for them, for all of them, as the thunderstones tumble from the flaming sky. I will weep that I alone am saved. I know what they... You are thinking, can I not see around me the bursting, hurrying, fish-drinking, beer-drinking evidence of the world carrying on just as it ever did? 
How can I prophesy fiery death and rains of blood on a balmy evening such as this? The very air contradicts me. The twilight birdsong argues against God's terrible judgment. For are we not here? Do we not live and love and fight and argue by and sell? How could anything be otherwise? Foolish prophet! They might say if they cared, if they dared. You were misguided, sir. Misguided, ill-starred, sick-brained. But harmless after all. You king of whatever you style yourself. Beamy or bohemia. Mad fellow, poor fellow, pass on, pass on. Even the monks singing his praises over at St Mary's. Oh, blessed Lord, merciful Lord. Join in the dissenting chorus and the cries of the hawkers shouting loud as to be heard over my truth. Caution plain as day. Hush, lunatic! Make your voice soft as your head, lest they cart you off to bedlam again. But I do not mark them. Not even when their dog-faced children throw dry green husks at me and laugh, calling me in their mockery, King of Beans. They are beneath my notice, and so I affect not to see them, nor to know that my hair is a mess of dripping tomato skins, and from one ear drips the slimy shelled pot of a pea. The little ruffians will, will learn that two can play at that game, this game of thou art invisible. Whatever street urchins can do, I can do far better. For am I not their superior in every sense? Am I not of noble blood? Am I not indeed their king? my tormentors, but I do not blame them. When, on the day of reckoning, they gaze up from their sulphurous pit, their grimy visages smeared with tears, their flesh red and roasting like a piglet's on a spit, well, they will be sorry enough that they were deaf to my truth then. There are few who appreciate what hard work it is, being a king, especially one with a, a divine mission, and holy words simmering in my mouth every time I open it whether I will or no. I've tried to pass among common men as one of them. I've tried to keep my peace, to speak only when spoken to. But I cannot be silent, for the truth burns my tongue if I attempt to hold it. The last time I did not preach for a whole day together, I was in chains in the Bletham Hospital, my face bound by a leather gag, my arms and legs in chains. So I speak from dawn until dusk, every day of the year, the winter months are easier, the days short and the crowds thin, the folk are subdued by cold and the constant awareness of God's smaller punishments, sickness, hunger, bodily discomfort. They are apt to then to listen to my warnings and my urgings, but now when sleek with sun, lust and the rising sap of spring, I could wish they were not so. Aye, I could rail long and loud at my dismal, lonely task. But to do that would be to question the Lord's plan. And so, therefore, it is. He knows best. Cyberites and sodomites, lectures and leeches. So I address my audience, the better to capture their attention. Ye who ride on the devil's pizzle, ye who laugh in the awful face of death, hear me. A few pale faces rise themselves in mild interest, like 
our Lord himself. I am a king without a country, without a throne, without even a crown. But I am not without a people. These are my people. You are my people. And I love you all. Ye have sinned mightily. Ye have been gluttonous and avaricious, prideful and slothful. The faces twist, their eyes roll, they start to look away. But I will catch them, I shall make them mark me. But ye are not doomed, not yet, there is still time, time to repent, time to atone, time to be glad to the bosom of loving Christ and accept him as thy king. Bored they turn, fumbling with their rosaries, shaking their heads in disappointment. I pick a few faces to appeal directly to them. Perhaps God will drive the wax from their ears and the black sin from their hearts and they will be redeemed. Heaven shall be lonely else. A pretty, black-haired girl, perhaps fourteen or fifteen summers, is gazing at me in a sort of bright-eyed wonder. Her head angled like a linnet's. She looks a little like Sarah did once. Thou, sister, come to his arms, for he loves thee and I love thee too. She steps forward hesitantly, feeling the current pull, the river of his love, rushing her towards me. I spread open wide my own arms, the ragged oilcloth falling from my scrawny brown wrists. If nothing else, this outdoor life turns me like a sailor. Her strawberry pink lips tremble, her wide dark hair, eyes are locked on mine. Love me, sire. I've never loved a king before. She twitches up her gown's hem. Showing thin mud splashed calves, stylish long slippers. Yours for sixpence. You shan't need your heaven when you've had mine. Now the crowd listens. A chuckle spreads through the gorpers. She's laughing at me. They are laughing at me. The cackle of the dam rings in my ears, but I am steadfast. No matter what whoredoms you have committed, sister, I love thee and forgive thee. Embrace thy saviour. Was the Magdalene not pardoned? Stripped of the filthy garments of lechery, the soul of this one too could rise, rise shining into the dawn of revelation. If I can save one, only one, I lean forward, beseeching, but she recoils, sniggering, wafting fingers under her nose. Oh, I washed in the fleet upstream too, only last week. Well, as if I feign as a tanner's bucket. The mob erupts in greasy laughter. I turn, blasting them with my iron voice. Let my words enter their hearts like daggers. Let their blood freeze in terror of the Lord. Sinners, hark! Let this cup of evil pass from you. It tasted sweet, yet its dregs are bitter death. God's love will purify. Plague and fire again come tenfold, as in Egypt, so in England. The plague is man's sins made manifest, God's judgment on our wickedness. And when the fires burn and pestilence devours, so too will thou be burned and devoured. It is written. I'm breathing heavy and hard. The word is strong in me, stronger than me. The sweat flies from my brow, my outstretched hands shudder as the stall kicks from under me, and I fall on my knees in the running gutter, among the fish heads and offal and the mouldering vegetables and piss and the rotting hay. I turn my face to heaven in despair. The sky is suddenly blackened like a bruise, and there's a terrible, hard buzzing all around, like the teeming of locusts. 
strange lights flash across my vision, sparkle and dance. Angels, they say, are like stars falling. They dazzle the eye to look upon them. Is it come at last, the final reckoning? I cross myself and clasp my trembling heart. Its tears blur my amazed eyes. He's come. Holy Mother, sweet Jesus, receive me at last. Your son is thine. I awake in the gutter. It's dark and cold. The street is heard. Only the white moon peers sorrowfully down on me. A pig noses hungrily at my ankles as I stir. It scatters away with a squeal. I clamber slowly to my feet. My robe is stained and torn. Bam hole! Sever a thick well on my forehead. I spent my broken stool. I shall have to repair its smashed leg before tomorrow dawn when I preach again, as I must. I am the apostle of the apocalypse. There is nothing else for me. The world will surely destroy itself, and soon. And when it does, I shall have done my duty. I shall have spoken the truth, though none would hear it. I must be ready at any moment, at every moment, to be swept up by the Lord. The thought comforts me. Tomorrow, indeed, he might come. It's not impossible. The way this strange and terrible city carries on, carousing down the primrose path of destruction, it is even likely. Limping down Cheapside towards my cold and frugal bed, I smile. Perhaps the world will end tomorrow.